This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Here's what's on the John Oakley Show podcast for Wednesday, September 16th, 2020. In the age of keeping your distance, we can all derive inspiration from the social distancing world champ, Bigfoot. And it's been less than a century since the Holocaust. Nonetheless, one in 10 Americans under the age of 40 don't even know it happened. It is indeed a pitiable indictment of ignorance. All of this starts now. In North Carolina, in McDowell County, they've done something to attract the tourists or to make people tourists in their own town. Apparently, it's the Bigfoot scavenger hunt. What's that all about? Let's find out. Joining us on the line right now is a public information officer for the town of Marion in North Carolina, Landis Hollifield. Landis, how are you this afternoon? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, John. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I'm kind of curious. I mean, when we saw this, the Bigfoot scavenger hunt, uh, I guess you're in the mountains there. Is that kind of Appalachia, part of the Appalachian chain? It is. Uh, Marion is located in the Appalachian Mountains, just about 35 minutes east of Asheville, North Carolina. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, we know where you are. And uh, this is something then that I guess Bigfoot, he's... Uh, Never been seen, or rarely seen anyway, sometimes photographed greenly. So you've got a scavenger hunt, the Bigfoot scavenger hunt. What does that involve, and uh, what is the point or purpose behind this thing? Well, the idea for the scavenger hunt came uh, actually when we had to cancel our Bigfoot festival. The city of Marion, for the last three years, has held a Western North Carolina Bigfoot festival. The first year it drew 30,000 people. And the second year, it drew 50,000 people. This would have been the third year, and we expected even more people to come. But with COVID, um, we had to cancel. But then we got to thinking about Bigfoot and his characteristics. And we thought, you know, he's the best social distancer in the world. He may be the social distancing champion. That's Um, true, right? Nobody's ever come close. Exactly. You know, so me, the the tourism agencies and the local towns and businesses got together and started talking and we created a scavenger hunt um, with more than 40 stops along it. Now, you don't have to go to all 40 stops, but at each 40 or at each stop, there's actually a painted symbol on the window and it may be Bigfoot related or related to the business or company that it's painted on their storefront. But all folks have to do is get their families, go on Main Street or into Old Fort or the surrounding areas, um, snap a picture of those symbols. Once they have 10 photos of those scavenger hunt symbols, they can actually enter to win uh, a vacation package, and they can come visit beautiful Marion, North Carolina, enjoy a a meal and then some attractions. And uh, there are three of those prizes. So everyone that enters the contest can actually get a chance to win those prize packages. Wow, uh, you're already enticing me. It's like you're teasing me here with the opportunity, uh, but I can't cross the border now because we've still got this thing that says, uh, you know, we're kind of in a quarantine here. But listen, this is an interesting way of enticing people to visit local businesses or locales and, uh, I mean, generate some traffic. Businesses, I'm guessing, as all places seem to be hurting right now, uh, is it difficult to get people to frequent establishments in your community? It is. Um Unlike everyone else, there's limited capacity at businesses allowed right now. 
So businesses are hurting, especially during what was off hours before COVID. Um, so this is a way to get people in the downtown and around the county during those off hours. You know, Saturday at 2 o'clock in the afternoon is not popular for restaurants. Um, but after speaking with one of the uh, restaurants this week, people had actually come into their establishment early last weekend. Um, wanting to know more about the scavenger hunt that started on Monday. So we're starting to see real results. Um, our visitor centers here have handed out more than 150 individual packets during the first three days of the scavenger hunt um, because they offer paper handouts for it, but it's also available on the web. Landis, how big is Marion, North Carolina? Marion, North Carolina has a population of 8,500 people. Ah, there you go. Well, you see, I mean, this is a community initiative. By the way, uh, the Bigfoot uh, hook is kind of an interesting one. I mean, and as you say, uh, he may be the uh, social distancing champion of the world. But somebody had the idea that uh, a Bigfoot festival would be a pretty good attraction. Uh, why Bigfoot? I mean, has have there been any purported sightings of Bigfoot in the mountains around Marion? Actually, there have been quite a few. Um, if you Google Marion, North Carolina, and Bigfoot, you'll come across quite a few articles. We have a Bigfoot investigation team here, and uh, their name is Bigfoot 911. The 911 part comes because they're all former, like, EMS workers, emergency service workers, um, and they just had this as a hobby. Uh, we've got a local lake um, that they hunt around, and they have sighted the big man himself. Uh, quite a few times, probably over the last five or six years. Uh, the local newspaper here even has a story uh, coming out in the near future about a couple who were at a local uh, dollar store and looked across the road and they snapped some pictures of what they perceive as Bigfoot. So we've had quite a few sightings around here. <laughs> All right. I'm sure uh, it, it's possible it could be a moonshiner who forgot to shave. But anyway, uh, that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> the Bigfoot scavenger hunt. Uh, very good. Yeah. And uh, it'll give us a, a reason to also Google and see what's going on in Marion. I'd like to see exactly those pictures, the grainy photos of Bigfoot in the mountains of North Carolina. Well, good on you, Landis. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, sharing those stories with us. Good luck in uh, keeping the businesses thriving there during this time of pandemic. Uh, stay well. Well, thank you. Come see us when you can. I, okay. Well, that'll be something when we're driving through those parts uh, down, I guess, I-95. Landis Hollifield, Public Information Officer for the Town of Marion in North Carolina. You know, the under-40 crowd is uh, missing a lot of information, and I don't say that in a disparaging way or disrespectfully. It's just that there's a survey out of the U.S. now, and it shows that adults under 40 have a, uh, quote, worrying lack of basic Holocaust knowledge, more than 60% failing to realize that 6 million Jews perished in the slaughter surrounding the Second World War. This survey uh, also goes on to show that more than 1 in 10 of those who were asked had never even heard of the word Holocaust. It's like, really? Uh, I was gobsmacked when I heard this, and uh, I just thought, well, you know, that's my perspective, perhaps. But uh, let's find out how Abby Benlolo feels about this and the reasons for these kinds of alarming numbers. Uh, Abby Benlolo is a noted human rights activist joining the Oakley Show this afternoon. Abby, good to have you on board. Good afternoon. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure uh, to uh, be on your show. I don't know if you've read this survey or know the results, but just I gave you some of the uh, salient points here. What do you make of the survey's findings? 
Well, look, uh, firstly, um, you know, Holocaust denial and uh, the lack of Holocaust awareness is a real issue uh, today. Uh, we would like to say that we're shocked about it, but uh, we're not shocked uh, at, the, at the ignorance factor with respect to millennials and so-called Gen Z. And um, partly, I think, to blame is the rise of technology, believe it or not. Um, we've seen an increase of uh, Holocaust denial on the Internet. In fact, part of the survey itself noted that 49% of the responses, respondents um, uh, saw Holocaust denial on the Internet, and 56% of them see Nazi symbols. So in fact, what we're seeing is this convergence of Holocaust uh, denial at the same time and a blurring of the information and the truthful information that's presented on the Internet. So in other words, are you saying because they're accessing through technology today misinformation, uh, they're just not cognizant of what really happened, and therefore when they answer the survey, it's reflected in the numbers of not realizing six million Jews died, and others too, but I mean, this was the central theme or the point of the whole thing, uh, and they, they've missed that particular aspect of things. That's what you're saying. The yeah, and I think that that's a big miss because, um, you know, the overwhelming amount of information. Look, there's Holocaust denial websites that are set up in order to blur the numbers. So, for example, one of the answers uh, in the survey uh, think that, it's, that only 2 million, and I use the word only because, you know, 2 million is a huge number in and of itself, but 2 million... Uh, uh, Jews were murdered in the Holocaust. And so, um, you know, that's usually presented in Holocaust denial websites where they actually try to diminish uh, the numbers of, of people who are murdered in the Holocaust. Some of them even say hundreds of thousands as opposed to six million. And so, you know, one of the factors that we have to look at as society is how is the information presented, the uh, false information that is being disseminated via the Internet, who's looking at that information, and more, the bigger question is, how is it that we can properly impart on the new generation, particularly Generation Z that's defined born after 1996, um, and is used to technology, how can we impart truthful information to them so that they understand the facts? Well, this is the question, too, about the broader implications of the survey and uh, what we extrapolate from that. I mean, you know, the old adage about lessons of the past, uh, if you don't know your history and you forget it, uh, is there a risk or a danger of that? You've cited that, you know, there have been rises in anti-Semitism and uh, the way that's been meted, meted out. Uh, do you see this as a, a dangerous development? Perhaps we're entering a slippery slope here. Well, that, that, that's, that's a some point, because... There is an increase in anti-Semitism. We're seeing it uh, both uh, here at home in Canada and in North America in general. Particularly, um, we're seeing the, you know the neo-Nazi white supremacist ideology increase, and so um, it's not surprising again because of the influence of social network plus the influence of a lot of friction in society that we're we're seeing today. A lot of animosity between between people, and that's giving rise. Um, to, to this um, level of anti-Semitism, really not seen um, um, for 75 years since the Holocaust. We're seeing the same thing in France, violent, violent anti-Semitism taking place in France on a very regular basis. Uh, even in Germany, where you know, the Holocaust was given birth to, um, you know, rising uh, neo-Nazi, uh, white supremacist, alt-right, right-wing groups um, who 
vocal. And it's shocking that this can happen once again. We witnessed, you know, the murder of six million Jews and millions of, of others. And in total, the Second World War, as we all know, over 60 million people uh, were killed. And, and so, you know, how can we allow this to happen as a society? And so it gives urgency. And this study tells us, and the significance of this study is that we must act, we must uh, educate, because we have to try our very best to avert another genocide, not for, only for the Jewish people, for, you know, everybody. Again, with human rights activist Avi Ben-Lolo. Interestingly, uh, you know, we're talking here about misinformation, and uh, so there would be filters perhaps uh, recommended uh, to deter that kind of thing from spreading, and yet you've got people out there who uh, would want to tamp down other channels of information. I mean, I'm thinking of cancel culture, Abby. I mean, maybe we're straying a little bit here, but, uh, you know, when you see the Antifa people uh, who want to shut down and uh, shout down different uh, speakers and so on and so forth and schools of thought, I mean, it's ironic, isn't it? Because the anti-fascists are really acting in a fascistic way. Agree or disagree? Uh, Yeah, look, um, so many social problems that we are all trying to grapple with today and the change in our society, a change in our culture and how we understand. A lot of it is to, for the good and a lot of it is, you know, is, is positive, um, you know, improvements with how we deal with racism and discrimination and things like, things like that. So I think that there's a large measure that could be positive to advance humanity. Um, so that's good. On the other end of things, I think we have to make sure that, you know, the structures that, w- that we have today, many of them are quite significant. We, we've seen, you know, for example, statues on the street toppled, toppled over. And so, and so things, things like that we have to look at and critique very carefully as a community and as a society and say, how is it that we can use this as an opportunity to educate, um, you know, to educate about this, this, this particular person who others may have some angst against and, and, and really um, understand historically what transpired and how is it that we can improve things uh, in the future. And so I'm a strong advocate of that kind and that form of education as, a pour, as opposed to pouring out on, um, you know, with violence and, 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 and that kind of thing. We have to talk to one another. Understanding history, uh, that's where we started with the survey out of the U.S. of A. And uh, <laughs> the adults under the age of 40, uh, worryingly, uh, more than 60 percent, don't understand the Holocaust and uh, that it uh, victimized six million Jews and others during the Second World War. Astounding. Uh, and, Avi, I appreciate you coming on and contextualizing and uh, offering insight and uh, look forward to talking down the road. Thanks so much. Thank you. It's a pleasure. You got it. Avi Benlolo, human rights activist. This has been the Oakley Show podcast for Wednesday, September 16th, 2020. You can listen live weekday afternoons from 3 to 6 Eastern. Turn the dial to 640. Listen live at 640toronto.com or search the name John Oakley on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 